Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, Stories and Sermons for the Journey, a channel of blessing and encouragement for friends all over the world to hear and experience how God speaks and works through ordinary people with an extraordinary calling. We have stories of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we have the Word of God declared through the pastors and missionaries of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. I'm your guide, Pastor Kevin Job. I'm very happy to be with you. Our ministry was founded by Pastors Jose Santiago and Yamile Cruz in Jovellanos, Cuba. And my wife, Tani, and I serve as chief connection makers in the United States. Our team of pastors, missionaries, advisors, and kingdom servants is dedicated to planting churches and spreading the reach of the gospel. And so we pray that you are blessed and inspired by these sermons and reflections and the testimony of what God has done and is doing in and through us. Hey, greetings, beloved listeners. We're going to start today by jumping straight into the Word of God in the, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Luke writes, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the Word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you've been taught. You see, Luke wanted to be sure that the story was told straight away, so that we can have certainty. That is, that we can be sure that what we want to live by is real and true and trustworthy. This is the good news. Some years ago on one trip when Jose and Yami were with us in the United States for a couple of months, one of our dear ministry partners gave them a personal offering, and they insisted that part of that offering needed to be used to purchase a new TV for the Job household. Now, up to that time, we rarely watched TV, and we kept our small set in the basement. Now, when the gift from Uncle Jose and Aunt Yami arrived, our children were thrust into a new world. And one of the most interesting parts of that world for me was the concept of the news. One of our kids became a little bit traumatized by what she saw, and so she came to me and she asked why we hadn't told them that there was so much awful stuff happening around us every day. I had to sit her down and explain to her that the media spend their time searching out the very worst of what's going on every day, and then they present those horrors as though this is what is normal, but that the other 23 hours of the day are filled with a whole lot better things. You see, the news media demonstrates to us over and over again that the world is simply lost. The non-believing world has lost track of the narrative. The talking heads and the sermonizing sitcoms and the bloated, self-important entertainment of our moment want to constantly rewrite truth to suit their own mood. And they all work very hard to convince us that our life will not be complete unless we go along with them. And then they tell us that the actual true story, the things in which we put our hope, those aren't true. In our day, in our culture, more and more voices get to have space to make empty arguments insisting that God is just some sort of made-up figure and that there's no way we can have the certainty that Luke describes. And unfortunately, even those of us in the church, oftentimes we let them override God's good news. That is the real story of what's coming, the story of God's power and love and faithfulness and the story of God's grace embodied for us in our Savior Jesus Christ. And even larger, the story of God's kingdom, for which we have been empowered after the example of Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the good news. That's what... Last week on the podcast, we looked at the prophet Isaiah, and we saw how, while he was speaking for God, he called out the people of Israel for forgetting the redemption story and turning their attention to the lies and the practices of the pagan nations around them. 
He told us of a servant who would suffer in our place, a ruler of nations from the line of King David. Israel then awaited the fulfillment of God's promise, the Redeemer, who would stick to the story. But even as Isaiah admonishes the people, he offers good news for those who choose to be faithful. Isaiah 40, 31, the famous verse says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And that promise goes back even further to the days of Moses. Deuteronomy 33, if they will return to the Lord, then the Lord your God will restore their fortunes and have mercy on you. And he will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. Those promises of God are fulfilled in Jesus, and now we have to place our hope and our trust in him. And today we're going to continue to consider the Advent story of the coming King, and I encourage you to hear it as a story of restoration for all who hope and trust in God's promises. Now, if we're honest, the vast majority of us do not always, or maybe not even very often, place our hope in the Lord. But we can think of those who have come before us or whose example shines to us as being people who do hope in God. As I was writing this program, my wife turned to me and she showed me a video clip of an older couple who inspired others by their 79-year marriage. And they had just passed away together, less than 20 hours apart, at 100 years old. He held her hand as she passed and didn't let go of it until he fell into a slumber from which he did not awaken. That's a true story and it's powerful and it's really good news. Now, I want to take you on a little journey. I want you to imagine something with me for a few minutes. And for the purpose of making a point about hope in the Lord, we're going to take ourselves into a uh, memorial service that we're making up in our minds for a similar couple in whom we see deep, deep faith. The kind of faith that makes you say, I want what they had. And now an older man who was close to them and who knew them as well as anyone else comes forward to witness to their life and example. And, And there's an old wedding picture of the couple up on the video screens in front of the church. Now he speaks, and he says, folks, you know, it's hard to know where I should even start to talk about Zeke and Liz. I mean, they're the most faithful couple I ever knew. Zeke, he worked in the church his whole life, and and ministry was generations deep in Liz's family. Her her great-grandpa, seven times back, he was a really important priest. I mean, I've just never seen people who were more faithful when things weren't going their way. Y'all remember how how much they wanted to have a kid, right? And it just wasn't happening because Liz couldn't get pregnant. And everybody kept talking at them and saying how there was just no way that God could not want them to have a kid. Now I remember how patient Liz was when everyone asked if they tried this or that, gone to the fertility specialist or considered adoption or whatever. And, And then when everybody figured out it was too late, sure enough, she comes up expecting And I remember when my wife and I went over to the house after she posted on her Facebook about the news, right? Zeke, he was pretty quiet, but Liz said, God did this for me. Now people can stop all their talking about it. I feel so blessed. She was so sure that her kid was going to be a special one. I'm not so sure right now what Johnny's trying to prove these days, dressing all funny, running around with them big signs, telling good church folks they need to repent. But that's another story. Never mind. Anyway, is Mary here? Mary has this great story about when Liz was pregnant. Can somebody get Mary a handheld mic and let her tell it? She tells it better than anyone. And and Miss Mary, well, she was going through a rough patch too at that moment. And so then Mary, who doesn't really like to talk, has a microphone thrust in front of her and she does her best to share the memory. Liz was always so gracious. I went to see her when most everyone I knew was full of gossip about Joe and me. I was pregnant with JC and feeling pretty confused, but the Lord used my cousin to restore my joy and faith. 
Now she was pretty far along in her pregnancy and as soon as we saw each other, little Johnny started kicking like crazy. Liz said he was leaping for joy and Liz, well, she glowed. Not like they say all women do, you could see the Holy Spirit in her and she looked at me full of love and not the judgment I was getting from everyone else. She practically yelled as she told me she knew I was blessed by God and that JC was too. She felt so honored that her family member who was carrying such a special child would come to stay with her. And then she looked me in the eyes and told me she took my face in her hands and looked with all of the affection the Lord had given her and said to me, Mary, you are blessed because you believed what God promised you. All I knew how to do was to sing praise to God. And my JC, my firstborn, is growing up to be as wise and as special as God promised. Loved Liz, and I still do. I'll always miss her. Thank you, Mary. You're a special lady, too. And Jay, boy, you're making your mama proud. We all know that God has special plans for you. You got anything you want to share? And then JC, Mary's son, stands up and he says, I just want to share that I love my Uncle Zeke and Aunt Liz a lot, too. And, and sir, really, no disrespect intended, but there's no one else on this planet like my cousin Johnny. And someday, you will understand him. We are going to take a moment now for a short break. Stay with us for more on the Ancient Path. At Ancient Path Ministries, we hope to carry the light of the Kingdom of God into places where it is most needed, to see people set free from what holds them captive. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ, and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. If you would like to be a covenant financial partner or just simply contribute to the work of the ministry, visit our website at ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be a part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we're back. And what we just heard, the story of Liz and Zeke, we can see God's restoration at work. Now, hopefully you recognize the little scriptural background in our imaginary memorial service. It's actually a good portion of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Zeke and Liz and Johnny, Mary, Joe and Jay, they're, they're key players in the story that Luke and the other Gospel writers are telling, and one of them is the lead. Of course, Zeke and Liz were intensely faithful, but it's likely that with such a strong faith example, our memorial gathering might have let go of some of a few details of when one or the other of them may have struggled to trust God. Let's take a look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 5. It says, In the time of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Now, the Levites were a tribe of Israel who'd been called out since ancient times to serve as priests. And they traced their ancestry and their calling back to Aaron, the brother of Moses. And both Elizabeth and Zechariah come from those people set apart for God in this way. And one day, like countless days before, it's Zechariah's turn to serve in the temple in Jerusalem. But it won't be a normal shift. Something amazing happens. Everybody's outside praying, Zechariah's burning incense at the altar, and then the angel Gabriel appears to him with a big announcement. Your prayers have been answered. They're going to have a baby now, right? Not just any child, but one who's destined for greatness, and he too will be set aside for God. And the angel says you're to call him John. He'll have the power of the Holy Spirit, and he will prepare the hearts of the people to receive the promised Savior, that, that coming King. 
So you would think that Zechariah would have jumped for joy, but the story doesn't go that way. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Now, you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. And so nine to 10 months later, verse 57, it says this. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he's to be called John. They said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue set free and he began to speak, praising God. Okay, what's up with the angel's visit and being struck mute and all of that? Why, why would that have ever happened? Now that group that gathered at Zeke and Liz's homegoing celebration in the first half would have been justified in noting his deep devotion to God. But this encounter with the angel Gabriel exposes a need for restoration that nobody else would have noticed, but that the Lord always saw. God knew that while Zechariah had long ago said yes to working for God, somewhere he had lost faith that God could do this restorative work for him at his most vulnerable moment. God had more for Zeke, but he wouldn't be able to receive that promise until he could say yes to what was to come. Now, the thing is, each of us is still in need of restoration, and we are still capable of taking hold of God's promise. If we will return to the real story, if we will stop allowing the bad storytellers of the world to shove their rewrites and their disbelief down our own throats, then we will be open to the actual good news. As Luke said, I've written it down that you might know the certainty of the things which you have been taught. The prophet Isaiah calls the people back to God in every aspect of life. He says to them, how can you call yourself God's people when you have no regard for the poor and needy? And when your life, your home, and your time are given over to the idols you choose in place of relationship to God, when you're sexually immoral, why, when you don't take up the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and when you get drunk, how can you expect to receive my promise? How can you expect me to restore your soul, restore our relationship, restore you to spiritual, emotional, and physical health if you won't be obedient to the very things that will get you there? You see, in the scripture, restoration is not just some general promise. Like pretty much every other promise of God to us, it follows a premise. There's an if before then. If you choose the things of the evening news and the celebrities advising you on their ethical and moral choices, then you're only going to get the promises that they can deliver. And let's face it, they have very little to offer. But restoration, true restoration comes from God and it requires our obedience. So choose the good news and you too can be restored and made new in Christ. And finally today, Christmas blessings from Tani and me and from Pastor Yami and all of our families and all of us at Ancient Path Ministries. May God bless you richly in this season. 
This brings us to the end of our time for today. Thank you so much for being with us. Join us next time as we continue to explore the Word of God and the witness of His people. And again, be sure to check out our webpage, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. Until next time, we pray God blesses you richly. Go and be the church. <laughs>